According to behavioral science, it takes a significant emotional event to change who a person is. The how they work, which is measured by your DISC behavioral style, or the why you work, which is measured by your driving forces. And usually we experience a significant emotional event as individuals, like a cancer diagnosis or a car accident, for example. For the first time in my lifetime, anyway, the pandemic has created a significant emotional event for almost everyone. It is likely that some or all of your direct reports and team members have experienced some level of emotional event through this pandemic. And as a leader, that requires a reset for each team member and for you to sit down with each team member to understand how the pandemic has changed them and how the pandemic has changed their life. To build, develop, and retain a high-performance team, the leader needs to understand where each person is at. Great leaders connect with and know where each team member is at at all times so that they can be there for them. They can lead them. They can help them in their professional and their personal lives. In today's podcast, Rick Bowers, president of TTI Success Insights, and I discuss the topic of reboarding your team members back into your organization and back onto your team. A reboarding process to not only get back to where we were before the pandemic, but much farther than that. And over the next several weeks, we're going to share with you a recommended reboarding process for you to go through with each of your team members. I am certainly doing that here at Stop to Vanilla, and I want to encourage you to do the same. It's simple, and it's easy to do. And we can't ignore the need for these discussions and let them have impact, or we can proactively have these discussions so we can work through them together. You know, you can have it impact you later on, or you can be proactive in having these types of discussions that help you address the issues before they become one. And so I want to encourage you to sign up for the single scoop so you get more contact on reboarding. But for now, enjoy the podcast as you learn how to reboard your team back into the organization. Hey there, I'm Steve Van Remortal, Chief Strategist and Talent Advisor for Stop the Vanilla and the host of the Stop the Vanilla Experience, where we help you achieve your vision for your business and your career in life by having the right strategy and the right talent. In your business, when your talent plan and talent decisions are based on your strategy, your company will accelerate towards your vision and achieve record profitability and growth. And in your career and life, when you have the right strategy based on your natural talents, you will love what you do, deliver it naturally, excel at it, and get rewarded for it, allowing you to live the life you want. It's about strategy and talent. Strategy and talent plan for your business, strategy and talent plan for your career and life. Because there's nothing you can't achieve in your business and life with the right strategy and right talent. Well, welcome to the Stop the Vanilla podcast today. I'm really excited about our guest. Uh, over the last couple of days here at Stop the Vanilla, we, we trained another class of leaders on how to be shepherds of the talent. Uh, and we train them on the behavioral science tools and then how to use those tools to uh, 
implement uh, the talent planning processes that they have in the organizations. And this time around, we had we did training on on personal competency the, or the soft skills indicator, as we have it, uh, as we call it here. And to do that, we brought in Rick Bowers from TTI Success Insights. Welcome to the Stop the Vanilla Podcast, Rick. Thanks, Steve. It's great to be here. Yeah, we had a, a really uh, great two days of training leaders on on uh, the soft skills indicator assessment and how to use it. Um, what gets me fired up about that is that we uh, we sent a group of leaders back to their companies today with with the tools and knowledge to not only make sure they make the right hire, but to develop the talent they have. And you know, there's an old saying: you get hired for your hard skills and fired for your lack of soft skills. And uh, so now there's uh, a group of leaders that can go back and develop the soft skills. And so uh, that's it. it's just been an awesome two days. Yeah, it was great. It was great to kind of see the the progress that they made over the two days and. Uh, the excitement about uh, the different people in their organizations that we talked about and, and when they were going to go back to their organizations and, and have some conversations today. A few of them were having conversations on their drive home last yeah. night. So it's, it's yeah. exciting to see that much energy around, uh, around these tools. Yeah. The, 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 one of the conversations we had with, with uh, the class of 2021, if you will, was what does it look like to lead coming out of the pandemic? It's uh, you know, it's late April, uh, you know, half the population is vaccinated, things are starting to open up again. But how we lead has to be different, right? How we lead has to be different because for the first time, at least in my life, there's been this seismic shift of, uh, you know, half of our team is at the office, the other half is remote, whatever the number is for your organization, right? And so one of the discussions we had yesterday with this group of leaders is what does that look like? What does it look like to lead post-pandemic and how has things changed? And so when we look at pre-pan, you know, pre-COVID, you know, teams were getting together, right? They spent time together in the room. Uh, you know, they were with each other. And now we're not. So one of the, what I want to talk through with you today is how things have changed and then how do we as leaders need to change post-pandemic to really have an engaged and connected team, to have an engaged and connected organization. So, so in your mind, Rick, what what has what has COVID and the pandemic really done to engagement and connection uh, in organizations? What have you seen? It's an interesting phenomenon. Um, a lot of the studies show that engagement actually went up after everybody kind of went home from the office last March and, and had to make this shift and create home offices in your bedroom and in the basement and sometimes even in a walk-in closet because <laughs> we had uh, spouses there and kids there and we're all on Zoom at the same time, so where can we find privacy? Um, but once we kind of got through that, now all of a sudden I don't have to drive through, drive through traffic to get to the office and those kinds of things. So the engagement was up, productivity was up. Um, but as this drug on over the year, the connection piece, I think, is, is something very interesting. And connections started to fade. And, and the well-being of the people that are doing this remote work was starting to go down. And so that's something that I think is, is critical, is that, yeah, our engagement seems to be there. Our productivity seems to be there. But we're losing the connection. And, and ultimately, that's going to make it harder to, for us to communicate. And, and as, if that stays in that direction, we're going to lose productivity as we go forward. So are we bringing people back, as you said? Some. Are some people staying remote? Yes. 
how are we going to stay connected going forward? I think that's the biggest question we have as leaders is how do we keep people connected and, and keep people uh, excited about their job on a daily basis? Yeah, I mean, the challenge for me personally, which I'm sure a lot of the leaders are challenged with themselves, is that, you know, I've been leading for 30-some years, and my team's always been across the table for me. And now they're on a camera um, sitting in their bedroom or somewhere. And it just, you know, I'm a little bit old schooler in the fact that, like, I don't like that, right? I I have this philosophy that I always want to try, especially if I'm in a coaching session or working with a client, it's like I want to I, I want to meet them where they're at, right? So that I can help them, you know, get to where they want to be. But how do I meet them where they're at when I'm not physically where they're at, you know? And so that's that's been a huge challenge for me from a leadership perspective. And so we moved all of our meetings to Zoom, and you know, meet Monday every Monday. We have a Zoom meeting with our team. And uh, two weeks ago, I took our team uh, axe throwing, you know, just to reconnect and have some fun. Because it's just, I don't know, my personal opinion is what percent do you lose when you're on Zoom, right? I'm, you're losing 20% connection maybe, ballpark, whatever. Um, so do you think, you said in your initial comments that engagement was high early on because they were home. They didn't have that hour commute or whatever. Did engagement, in your opinion, stay at that level or did it decline over as as the pandemic continued to drag on because hey it is nice i don't have to get up and you know i can wear a polo shirt and shorts and look like i'm dressed to go to work right i think those benefits were enjoyable in the short term i think it's getting back to hey i really miss my team and i'd rather be with my team versus continue to experience the benefits of not having to drive to work or all the benefits that we experienced what's your take on that I kind of rely on the, the Gallup studies a little bit. They've, they've been the one that's been doing the studies for, I think, 22 or 23 years now on engagement and where are the levels year over year over year. And 2020 was the highest that they've seen since they started this process. Really? But they also put out a, a, a pretty interesting article, I think it was in end of February, beginning of March, talking about engagement versus well-being. And what they've always talked about is as engagement rose, well-being rose. And this is the first time in the history of their studies and in the history of their research where engagement has continued to go up, but well-being is going, going down. And I think that's the piece where when we see their 2021 numbers or their 2022 numbers on engagement, it may trickle back down because if well-being is not there, how can people be engaged? And so I think they've had this uh, excitement of working remote, but now it's like, what's next? And there are certain employees that say, I don't ever want to go back to an office. But yeah. there are certain employees that say, I want to be back now, but uh, leadership is struggling to say, can we bring people back or do we leave people remote? And if someone gets sick when they come back, then what do we do? So there's all of these things going through leaders' minds, and it's not an easy process because we're running the business, but we have this new phenomenon that we have to deal with as well. Yeah. So let's break down engagement versus well-being a little bit. Engagement in that I'm into what I'm doing, I'm into work. Well-being is what? The health of my person? I mean, help, yeah, it's I helped mean, the leader understand the difference between the two. Yeah, I think the well-being deals with mental health as well as physical yeah. health. Um, mm -hmm. and, and when we're, we're just sitting at home, sometimes we... We don't have that hour commute, as you mentioned, so maybe we start working at 7.30 when we're done with our breakfast and coffee, and we start working, and, and we don't stop working till 6 or 7 o'clock at night. 
and you've got all of the things happening in the background as we see on Zoom with the pets and the kids and the in-laws and all of those things <laughs> that some of us have to deal with. And so it's stressful. And, and I think that there's not as many stress reliefs. You don't get to stop at the water cooler yeah. um, and have a nice conversation with, with a friend. And so we don't have those coffee chats and those things that we typically would do or go to lunch with somebody and just kind of decompress for, for 45 minutes until we go back to work. Yeah. So, enga- so engagement went up in that I was able to spend more time on my work, be more engaged in my work, but because I wasn't having interaction, I wasn't getting out of my own space in a given day, my person, my well-being uh, did, uh, went declined. Is that, yeah, is that it, accurate? Yeah, absolutely. I think people, people are struggling from that, and, are, and you can kind of see the numbers in the, if you look at the mental health reports yeah, and, and yeah, some of that. So I, yeah. it, this, this lockdown or working from home has been good and bad. Yeah. Okay, so I'm a leader. I have a team. Uh, we're getting a lot of work done because we're engaged. We're actually having more time to spend on our work, but we're not spending time together. We're not connecting. We're not, I guess, helping each other. Um, and I'm assuming that's where a lot of leaders are at right now. Would you agree with that? Like, what do I do now? Like, I have this team that works hard, but we're not really functioning or feel like we're a team. And the one thing that's interesting too, Rick, the knowing behavioral science like we do, one of the number one motivators of the younger generation is harmonious, right? They want to be part of a culture. They want to be part of something cool. They want to build relationships and rapport with their peers. Is, is being on Zoom enough for that? Is, that, is that, that harmonious driving force being fed right now? What's your thoughts on that? No, I don't think it is. And I think that's going to be a problem going forward. And, and when you as we're coming out of this and, and things are really picking back up, uh, a lot of organizations are having to hire as well. So you have new employees that you've never met in person. You yeah. did a, an interview on the telephone, maybe an interview with a video over Zoom. Um, maybe, hopefully they use an assessment and a benchmark to you have the right employee in the right job. Mm-hmm. But how, how does that affect your culture? Because you don't have that connection point. You don't get to have that uh, the first week of employment where you take the new employee out for lunch and all of those kind of traditional things that you do because they're at their house. Maybe it's, maybe it's in the same town, maybe it's not. It could be in a completely different state. Um, that's, that's kind of one of the benefits and, and disadvantages of this remote work. Yeah, think about that. You have an employee that you hired eight months ago and you never met in person. That is crazy. Like that, it's even hard. Like this, one of the things we talked about with those leaders yesterday is that we are in a time that we never thought would happen and never, and we're not prepared for it. So, all right. So we talked a little bit about what we've been through over the last year and how we saw engagement go up, but we saw well-being go down. So if we're a leader in an organization and we have some people at the office, some people are not at the office, we're still doing a lot of Zoom. Like as a leader, how can we... Um, build the cohesiveness of the team when we're not together as a team. So I think that's really what I want to focus on today with you is providing leaders some some strategies and some tactics that enable them to build a cohesive team, but still maybe be some of them be remote. So when we think about that, what are some of the tactics and ideas and strategies we could throw out to the leaders to help them through this time? Um, so I'm just, I you know, in preparing for today, I wrote down a couple things leaders could do that help us bring the team together. So 
one of the ideas we had yesterday was right put having your background on zoom be your disc graph like that'd be super cool like so we're going to look into how we do that and help our clients do that because every time you're talking to that person you can see how they want to be communicated to which when you're communicating to them how they want to be communicated to that's going to enhance your communication it's going to build a greater connection um, and so that was just one idea. What other thoughts do you have for leaders right now on how to lead through this post-pandemic world that we're living in? I think the biggest thing is that you have to make sure you still have the same employees that you had before. And I don't mean physically because, yeah, you still do have the same person. Joe is still Joe. But we've always talked about with our, uh, our behaviors, our driving forces, our, our kind of those pieces that make us who we are. really they don't change that much over time unless there's a significant emotional event and and think about what we've just lived through the last year and what we're still trying to come out of right now it's probably the biggest significant emotional event any of us have experienced Um, and so do we want to do the same things are we driven by if we were very resourceful before are we still resourceful or are we more harmonious as you mentioned earlier or are we more about uh, kind of being with our family because that's what we're kind of used to. And so maybe you don't want to put 70 hours a week in anymore. Maybe you're looking for 30 to 40 hours a week. So not only have the, the people potentially changed, but we're having to do different things in our roles because of, of what the pandemic has forced us to do. And so maybe we're doing more. Maybe we're doing something that's slightly different. Maybe we're doing something that's completely different. And to kind of use that analogy of, do we have the right people on the bus? Do we have the right people on the bus in the right seats on the bus? And so there's that that dynamic there. And and maybe Joe was the right person for the third seat on the left last March, but he doesn't fit that seat anymore. So then how do we handle that? And so being remote, trying to stay connected. Sometimes assessments are, are a great way to kind of make that connection and, and make sure we have the people that we thought we have. Yeah. So one of the things we do when we go through training is we have every leader bring one of their talent issues to the table and we go at it as a team to help them solve that issue. And yesterday we had one of our leaders bring this, this, this sales rep that was performing well pre-COVID and is not performing well post-COVID. And, uh, and so what do I do, right? The question is, what do I do? So obviously this individual went through COVID. It was a significant emotional event. And uh, so the suggestion was you just got to go sit down and kind of see where they're at, right? Reconnect with them on a, on a personal level as to how did COVID impact you and is your perspective on your career in the world, where is that at now? Has that changed or different? Because the assumption we made is that, hey, life working, you know, being in this high-pressure job that pays well, but it might not be what he wants to do anymore. Um, so that was an interesting takeaway, and it was like, man, so not only every day as leaders do we deal with trying to keep employees engaged, keep them happy, keep them busy, but now we have to maybe rethink each employee on our team because they were impacted by, by COVID. Because like you said, a significant emotional event. So let's just take this sales rep, for example, was wired to sale, to sell, went through this significant emotional event and actually changed who he was as a person. And maybe he's not built to, to be in that position anymore. And that was an eye opener for me. Like, 
Like, okay, so I got to sit down with each of my direct reports now and kind of, and I do all the time consistently anyway, but it's a different conversation now. It's a different conversation. So let's talk about what that conversation looks like. Um, so you sit down with your each, each direct report, each team member, and you talk about what? So let's, let's brainstorm on that. What do we talk about with that team member? I mean, ultimately, it's, it's how transparent can we be? And, and as a leader, can we ask good questions and then just truly listen and not just listen to respond, but listen to understand what's mm-hmm. going on? So mm-hmm. you have to, have to ask the questions of just kind of how are things going? What's going on with your family? What's kind of what have you been doing during this time? How, uh, how has the uh, working remote been for you? I mean, what are the things that you like about it? What are the things that you, you struggle with? And so then take that a step farther based on how their responses go. I always kind of like to use the, the 3D kind of questioning. So go three deep. So whenever they give you an answer, you try to ask three more questions about their answer. And that really can kind of help you understand what's, what's going on. But, but specifically, it's like this example that we had yesterday where they were super successful prior to the pandemic and now they're struggling to make any sales. And when we look at their assessment results, they're a perfect match to the benchmark. So what's changed? Has the job changed? Has the person changed? And so that's even an opening conversation is like, um, once you kind of get through that that nicety of let's let's kind of reconnect from what's going on with you personally. Now let's talk a little bit of business and, your results, obviously, you know your results aren't as good post-pandemic as they were pre-pandemic. So can you kind of give me a feel for what's going on? Is, yeah. it, is it something with the role? Is it something with you? And just kind of see, what they, see where they go with that. Yeah, and, and uh, having the assessment results there pre-pandemic and then maybe even seeing if you want to reassess them post-pandemic to see what's changed. So let's talk about that a little bit. So there's three sciences that we use predominantly, DISC, driving forces, and the soft skills indicator, the Hartman acumen uh, science and stuff. Will DISC, would DISC change a lot through something like the pandemic? Would you see a person actually change who they are? Yeah, absolutely. It, it can happen. Um, we, we see that all the time with a significant emotional event. Someone dies, someone gets married, someone... Uh, graduates with a new degree, they have a baby, and and their personality changes. How they partic- how they tend to do things can change. I've seen people go from uh, a very high eye or very uh, outgoing and, and influential type person. Now all of a sudden that pulls back, and they start to focus more on a slower pace, and and they start to focus more on doing things by the book and because it was something that happened during that event that shifted something in them and that's it's it doesn't happen that often but when it does it's definitely noticeable and and this was a big event that we went through and there's no no way around that i would bet that that the impact of the pandemic will have a greater impact on the motivators or the driving forces of a person so this sales rep discussion that we're having here Pre-pandemic, that person had a 96 on their resourceful driving force, right? They want to they want to achieve financial security. They want to they want to build uh, some wealth, so to speak. That's part of that that driving force, right? Probably not as important after the pandemic, maybe. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, this becomes a pretty big deal when you think about that people. What drives people, or 
the how and the why had potentially has changed. So to me, that's a huge takeaway from our conversation right there, that you as a leader have to understand where the person was and where they are now and how have they changed, because that may change their role. It may change how you compensate them or engage them, right? I mean, think about that one statement. The pandemic has has changed how you work with or how each person, how and why each person works. I mean, that, that blows my mind. Yeah, I think the other thing that's that's critical to, to really make sure everybody understands is that prior to this, we were working in the office together. And behaviors or your disc, it's it's really observable. Yeah. I mean, it's you see how people walk, how they talk, how they stand, how close to each other they get. There's all of these clues on someone's behavior. Now, if we're only seeing them through Zoom, you don't notice that stuff as much because we're sitting down, we're staring at a computer screen, and you don't see the body language as much. I mean, you can see the facial expressions, but there's just so many things that you miss being remote compared to in-person that without an assessment, it's tough to really pick up on some of those things. Yeah, that statement that that we just came to right there kind of blew my mind in that as a leader, we have, to re- we have to reconnect with each of our direct reports and understand how the pandemic has impacted them and has it changed how they work and lead or why they work and lead. And then the third science that we trained on over the last two days is has it impacted their clarity, right? Their clarity of the world and their clarity of self. Clarity of self including their sense of self, right? The clarity of who they are, their clarity of their roles and their clarity of their future. So. One of the encouragements I would give you as leaders is reconnect with each direct report um, and potentially reassess, especially if they talked about significant change. So if a person says, hey, I, you know, I'm the same person, I'm still, I still want to make a ton of money selling, right? We'll use that example. Then maybe you don't have to reassess. But if they're like, yeah, man, my priorities have changed now. Um, I enjoyed being home more. That's where an assessment can help you understand the change, and then you can make the necessary changes to set that person up for success in your organization by making sure they're in the right role or whatever. Uh, That seems uh, overwhelming, maybe, to a leader to have to go through that with each of their direct reports. But to your point, this was a seismic shift. This was a significant emotional event uh, because I know how it impacted me, right? I enjoyed my free time more. I don't think I'm going to take more free time. I'm just going to, because I do, I very much focus on balance. But I think I'm going to enjoy it a heck of a lot more. You know, I'm, and uh, and what's important to me is different now. Yeah, I think that the the last uh, science that you mentioned there, the acumen or the, the soft skill indicators, um, I think there's something in there that's very, very important. And one of the measurements in that is called role awareness. Yeah. And and everything we've talked about is about roles and the role awareness is, is, is lower for a lot of people. And what causes the lack of clarity that you mentioned is emotional distortion. And think about the emotional distortion that's happening, especially if our, our roles are remote and our jobs have changed slightly and we've changed a little bit. So whether that's a personal role or a professional role, there's a lot of emotional distortion going on with, with everything we've done with COVID. And so you have to have a way to kind of put that on the table and, and as a leader ask questions about are there any of your roles that are uncomfortable right now or unclear and and what is causing some of those so it, it gives you that avenue to kind of talk in talk about the roles 
uh, in a safe place. It's like we, we want to help. We want to make sure that we're connected and we're seeing things the same way as, as a leader and as an employee. Yeah, we share, we really dove into this emotional distortion thing. And just so our listeners understand it, explain, emotion, explain emotional distortion as it relates to their role, uh, just so we have a, a clarity on that. I mean, emotional distortion can come from a lot of things. Um, it's some of the things I mentioned where maybe working remote and you have the, the dogs and cats or kids in the background and you're having to try to deal with making sure they're doing their schoolwork on Zoom and you're trying to, to get through your work and you've got a few Zoom calls coming up. And, and so was I prepared for this call or was I helping, uh, helping Charlie with his homework trying yeah. to get caught up on this? Yeah. And so emotionally, that's really kind of distorting my clarity of what my role is and my all of a sudden now I a part-time teacher and I'm a, <laughs> and I'm trying to get my accounting work done at the same time and so that distortion emotionally is saying my clarity is all over the place right now and so that's some of the things that people have to deal with on a daily basis I mean think about that right there where I used to leave my house and go to work and so the separation between my work and my home was clear now I stay at home and work all day, and all my roles are intertwined. I would assume role awareness has taken a huge hit through this thing. Yeah, and, and I, don't, I only have about a 15 or 20-minute commute, but I get a lot of thinking done as I'm driving. I have the music going, and I'm thinking about some of the things. I'm planning my day, and, yeah. and prior to it, when I was remote for a few months, it's like when you walk from the kitchen to the office, it's, <laughs> you it's miss it. about 30 seconds. You don't get a lot of time to think there, and all of a sudden you're in your day. And so, again, it's creating emotional distortion it's it, it hurts our clarity yeah so the the tool that we train the leaders on over the last two days measures your clarity of yourself your clarity of your roles and your clarity of your future so likely seen a big impact on role awareness and i know for sure that we've distanced a lot of the leaders that we're coaching and working with here at stop the vanilla seen a huge impact on sense of self right I'm not, I don't think as highly of myself or I don't think as good about myself now as I did, you know, a year or two ago when I was flying high with the team, right? When we were doing really cool stuff. So I guess my, um, so that, so we've really identified the issue here that you have to reconnect with each person, find out, you know, you, hopefully you knew where they were at before COVID, you know, you had assessments on them, reconnect with them one-on-one, talk about how it's been on them and then potentially reassess them to see what has changed. And then start putting your talent plan together um, based on all that information, right? So using this sales example, if the person is just not motivated to that level anymore, um, the conversation has to be, is this really a good fit for you anymore, right? Yeah, and um, so it's almost, it's almost like you have to reconnect with, and what we see in our helping organizations do right now is really reconnecting around the strategy resetting that vision where are we going and that's a great first step right and as much as it's possible i would encourage you to try to do that together right do, try to get in a room if it's possible be six feet apart but reconnect around the strategy because that will bring energy back it'll bring engagement back it'll bring connection back right then once you have that kind of that reconnection around the strategy then what's our talent plan to achieve that and that's where all those one-on-one conversations come together maybe doing some reassessing and some moves and some shifts so if you're a leader that is trying to figure out how to lead in this post-pandemic world those are some big time suggestions we would give you and that's exactly what we're doing here at Stop the Vanilla we are resetting our vision next week Um, I'm reconnecting with each of the team members to see where they're at 
and then we'll put our talent plan together and start really getting back to executing. I miss my team. I'm glad we're back together. We still are doing a lot of stuff on Zoom, but we do get together for some important meetings to make sure that we're connecting. So did you have any other recommendations on how leaders can overcome uh, overcome the impacts of what the pandemic has done to the team and the engagement and the, and the cohesiveness? Uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave you with one more term. Um, everybody's familiar with onboarding when you bring somebody new on, but you really have to think through the term reboarding yeah. because we're reboarding a lot of our people, whether it's coming back into the office or just coming out of the pandemic. So really think about what reboarding means to you as an organization. Um, and then the other, the other thing is just connection and communication is the biggest part of connection. So do what you can to stay connected with your, with your employees, with your rest of your leadership team. Uh, if you have a coach, if you have a consultant, just communication is really the key going, going into the, the second half of, uh, 2021. Yeah. So reboarding, love that, love that term. And that probably represents what I just described, right? Getting connected around the strategy. Uh, reconnecting with each person one-on-one and then putting that talent plan together and making sure everybody's where they where they want to be where they need to be where the fit is yeah I love that reboarding so you reboard one-on-one and by doing that um, you increase the engagement and cohesive of your team now if a leader if a leader is unable to or doesn't create this reconnection and do this go through this reboarding process what will be some of the consequences that we see a leader feeling in his own, in his or her organization if they if they don't do this? I think the ultimate result of that is you're going to lose employees yeah. because if you don't take the time to reconnect and reboard and, and really communicate with your team, there's there's hundreds or if not thousands of companies out there that are starving for more talent. Yeah, and and. It, People are going to move, and I think that's one of the things that we have to really think about: is do we, can we afford to lose any of our team members right now? Because we're probably trying to hire at the same time as everybody else, and so we can't lose anybody when we're trying to still hire people. And so it's it's so important to stay connected, and and I think it's good for the leader's well-being as well as the, as well as the staff. Yeah. So some of the issues that you might feel if you don't get serious about this reboarding idea would be obviously retention issues, right? Turnover, uh, engagement levels are down, performance levels are down, and ultimately it's going to limit the growth of your organization, which is the the impact of what COVID has had on a lot of companies. And I give me a sense, Rick, as we wrap up here, how far, how over the next, what will be the impact on organizations? How long is this going to last, do you think? I think the how long is it going to last part is, is kind of the scary unknown because <laughs> we really don't know. Um, but I think as leaders, we have to take the initiative and create a connected environment for our employees so that we can be successful in this because the demand is coming back and we have to be able to supply whatever it is we supply as a company and to our customers. And, and we want to make sure the customers are happy. We want to make sure it's easy for the customers to buy from us. And so we need to have employees that are ready to serve, ready to do what they need to do in order for the customers to be happy. And then that's ultimately, I think, what we have to figure out through this process. And and again, I, I hope we're at the end of this, but uh, it's hard to say on that standpoint. Yeah. All right, we move to our 
uh, in closing, we move to our what we call the single scoop here at Stop the Vanilla Podcast, and that's what's the one recommendation you would give to a leader right now um, that you want them to take out of this podcast? Don't don't try to do this alone. Um, sometimes you need tools to complete a project, and and I think an assessment tool is is something that really gives you so much information um, about your employees and, and gives you uh, simple tips on how to communicate, simple tips on how not to communicate. Um, and those are the pieces that I think will create the connections that you need to be successful for for 2021 and beyond. Yeah. My single scoop, and I've had a couple breakthroughs just through this conversation today on things I need to do next, right? So the, f- the first thing is, is that recognize you got to do it differently, right? What, where your team was a year ago is totally different today than a year ago or 16, 18 months ago, whatever you want to put on it. So recognize you have to lead differently. And then the second thing is really get serious about this reboarding concept. I, that was a takeaway for me today out of our conversation and is that um, it's almost like we got to act like we're starting our business over and kind of re- reboard everybody around our strategy, around where we're going, and around what our talent plan is, and then how what each person's role is in that, right? Role clarity, role awareness. I think the two most important responsibilities of any leader are to provide strategic clarity, where are we going, and role clarity, what's my role in that for each team member. And so as you think about reboarding, as you think about leading differently in this post-pandemic world, Think about providing your team strategic clarity and role clarity. And part of that will be by bringing them back into the fold through some level of reboarding process. So define what reboarding means to you. Define the process and the steps and carry that out over the next couple months. And I think you'll see engagement go up. I think you'll see retention go up. I think you'll see all the blessings that come with caring for your employees and understanding where they're at and where they want to go and how you, how your organization fits into that. So th- appreciate you being with us today, Rick. Uh, you know, and safe travels today as you head back to the warm country. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, here at Stop the Vanilla, you know, it's our passion, it's our expertise to help you accomplish your vision for your business by having the right strategy and the right talent. Thank you for spending some time today listening to the Stop the Vanilla Experience, where we explore how to achieve your vision for your business and your career in life with the right strategy and right talent. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on either Apple or Spotify. And we encourage you to visit StopTheVanilla.com for a ton of resources, including signing up for the Weekly Scoop, which is bite-sized content on how to have the right plan and right talent in your organization, your career, and life. And always remember, those who plan, profit.